The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7. And the ticket and the ticketfm.com. With you here from the 93.7 Ticket Studios in Lincoln. Appreciate you tuning along. Appreciate your thoughts on the text line. Here's the question text line. Let us know. Is Nebraska men's basketball peaking at the right time? Right? We hear coaches always want to say, you want to be playing your best at the end of the year. Play your best in late February into March. Get on a run. You know, get hot and stay hot. Saw, saw a tweet. Uh, for I believe it was JRB Bracketology, JBR Bracketology on Twitter but it's also searchable for yourself if you go to uh, barttorvik.com. What if I told you that Nebraska has been the 10th best team in the country since the calendar flipped to February? What if I told you? I would say it's not shocking because uh, Nebraska teams under Fred Hoiberg play well in February. They do. To be top 10, I would be shocked. The rest of the top 10, UConn at number one, Houston number two in just February, Arizona, Tennessee, Wake Forest, who's yep. really rejuvenated their bubble hopes. You have Iowa State, still near the top of the Big 12. Oh, yeah. Duke, which kind of surprised me. You have Kansas, San Diego State, then Nebraska. Notable teams below Nebraska. Purdue at 11, Marquette at 12, Kentucky 13, Baylor 14, um, Auburn 18, Alabama 20, Creighton 21, North Carolina 25. And again, this is just February games. We're not saying this is, this is how Nebraska is. But Nick, from your vantage point, what is it about Fred Hoiberg teams, especially these last three years, that makes them better in February? Well, first of all, I think they, they've hit their stride. They, they know rotations, right? Like, I think that's such a big part of, of Nebraska. We went through it this year uh, from like a fan base and media standpoint where it was like, all right, how do you what, what's the what's the right rotation? And in this case, it was, OK, Boogie Coleman might not see the floor very often. Um, it's, it's Jamarcus Lawrence maybe coming off the bench now, what, whether you feel good about that or not, it's Jawan Gary being inserted in the starting lineup. People forget that he was star of the season, not in the starting lineup. Um, and so I, I think, I think that's probably a part of it. I also, if I remember correctly, Josiah Alec was in the starting lineup. They started with to begin the year. Yeah. They started mm-hmm. with Alec and Mast. And so. And then Tominaga came back from his ankle yes, injury against Doe. Yes, that's right. I think that when you look at Nebraska this this season, it took until I think probably January to really finalize the the start. And now I would ask you this, Austin: Does that is that a a, a product of a lighter non con schedule? Because I think that if you might learn less about your guys when you're playing Lindenwood instead of playing Auburn. 
Like I, I feel like maybe that could be a, a, a little bit of a, a little runoff of that, and maybe not as much as I'm I'm giving it credit for. But I think that when you're looking at Nebraska, I think it's been just a lot of not a feeling out process necessarily. But I think I think to a certain extent, it's like okay, now everybody kind of understands what's expected of them, and you get a couple big wins under your belt, and it's a lot easier to buy into your role. Mm-hmm. Let's say you know if it's easier to buy into your role after you guys as a team collective unit beat number one and number six in like the span of two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to buy into your role when you're having success rather than in previous years when they haven't had success. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think they just like get along so well, like they're fun to watch. They they are. And the, the offense is fun. And it, it, I think they're starting to realize like how they need to operate on offense and getting bodies on guys. And the physicality can really, tire opponents out and then kind of make it easier on Nebraska when it's all said and done towards the end of the game. I just think they're starting to learn truly. I hate saying this, how to win. Like I hate (laughs) saying that, but I think that's what it is to a certain extent. While Fred Hoiberg kind of firmly has this idea of, okay, what kind of rotation do I need to be playing? When do I sub in Jamarcus? When, Mm -hmm. when do I bring, you know, when do I bring Casey in? If Nebraska allows a, 12 point lead to slip down to three. Do I, do I need to bring Casey in or can I work it with Jawan? The I'll, I'll stay by this. The, the most intriguing lineup was a couple of weeks ago when it was like CJ Wilcher, Sam Hoiberg, Jawan Gary, rink mass and Josiah Alec. That's massive. That's a and big it was like, lineup. it was like a big lineup, but it was also like that, that to that one of our questions at the start of the year was like, okay, who do you give the ball to? Mm-hmm. Who, who's going to be the one to take the shot? Bryce Williams isn't out there. Rink, he's been so good for Nebraska so often, but there's also games where he kind of disappears. There was that, there's that lineup. It was maybe it was this lineup. It was maybe Sam, it was this. Jamarcus, CJ, Juwan, yes. Josiah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Rink was not out there. But so we were asking ourselves, because I think you and I were watching the game and we yeah. were sitting next to each other mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, who's the guy? Mm-hmm. Who's the guy here? Mm-hmm. Well, back then, you know, a couple months ago, we didn't have the answer to that question. This year, or at this point, okay, yeah, like you feel confident in Sam's ability to handle the basketball, I think, a little bit. Jamarcus, now we're starting to see him come back to last season at this time, Jamarcus Lawrence, where he wasn't handling the ball so much. Um, and then Josiah's, after the Josiah's disappointing game, where, I mean, frankly, I'll be honest, I called him out on the air. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, you, you know, you, you we're playing against Northwestern. And no points, no rebounds, no assist. Like, there's nothing. It's all zeros in the stat, sh- stat sheet. And you come back and you're able to, to, you know, kind of play a little bit better. So um, you're not worried as much, I think, about these massive droughts when you bring certain lineups in. I'm glad you brought up Jamarcus Lawrence because for whatever reason, he strikes me as a February guy over the last two years. It took him a while to, to get on the court last year, right, with the injuries. Yes, and then took him a while to find his groove. He absolutely came alive then in really the month of February. So uh, I guess from last year, it'll be from January 27th against Maryland when he had eight points through the end of the year against Minnesota. In those eight games, Jamarcus Lawrence averaged eight points, averaged you know two and a half assists per game, also averaged three rebounds, shot 50% from three, yeah. came alive against Iowa to help key that game. Look at this year, okay? So Nebraska's last nine games, DeMarcus is averaging nine points per game, two assists per game, four rebounds per game. He's shooting 38% from three and 46% from two. Nick, DeMarcus Lawrence, I think, can be an X factor for this team, right? If he continues to play well 
in February and March. Stricky and I say it all the time. Guards win. Yeah. Demarcus Lawrence can win Nebraska game. C.J. Wilcher has struggled since Wisconsin. He I has. still have a feeling he's going to have a big game in the Big Ten tournament. He might be the reason Nebraska wins the first game if they if they stick around. Mm-hmm. I, I just have a feeling about C.J. Wilcher getting free. Casey Tomonaga can go off at any time. Bryce Williams, you know, pretty steady, yeah. all things considered. Yeah, he'll no-show sometimes, but I still think he's going to play a lot of minutes because he does a lot of other things, maybe maybe outside of the the scoring column some nights. So yes, rank mass, what he does with leading and assists is huge. Mm-hmm. But Nick, the more I, I look at Nebraska's well, guards, maybe I don't give them the bend for the doubt that I should sometimes. Let's let's be honest here. Going back to your conversation we had last segment about get old, stay old. That's a big reason why Nebraska is winning games right now. Mm-hmm. Is we not that this is a positive thing. Nebraska allows runs, right? We we had the conversation last week where Nebraska not only goes on some of the more some uh, you know not only does Nebraska go on more runs than anybody else in the country or in the conference, but they also give up just as many. And mm-hmm. it, and it kind of splits it down the middle. You know, 50-50, we go on a run, then you can go on a run. Well, look at Indiana last week. Nebraska doesn't win that game without Bryce Williams. No. People we, we talk about the Sam Hoiberg steal, which is absolutely crucial. We talk about the, the Bryce Williams block. But more importantly, we don't win that game. Nebraska doesn't win that game without Bryce Williams' shot-making ability from mid-range. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've been critical on Bryce this year at times um, just because I think sometimes his, his struggles offensively can seep into his effort defensively, and that, that sometimes gets frustrating to, to watch as a spectator. But... Like against Indiana or against, I don't know. Go go pick a, a single digit win for Nebraska, which you might have to think back a, a couple of weeks here. You probably don't win that game without Nebraska's guard play. Whether that was Jamarcus, who really struggled at times, but was still serviceable enough. Like Jamarcus in that Wisconsin game, I, it was in the Wisconsin and Purdue games. Jamarcus was crucial just because of his his play not playmaking ability, but his ability to distribute and. Facilitate. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba facilitate as he's trying to adjust to that new role in against two of the best teams in the conference. And so Nebraska in years past, right? You think if you want to go back to like the Bryce McGowan's, right? If we want to use that Nebraska lost games because of poor guard play, maybe not specifically because of Bryce, but because you were asking Alonzo verge to do something, or you were asking Ty Webster or whatever it was. That's Sean Burke, Cam Mack, Cam Mack. like, those are the guys you were asking to go out and be a steady hand for you. Mm-hmm. And maybe they just weren't ready for it or up to the challenge or or just flat out good enough. This year, Nebraska has a group of guards, not only in Jamarcus Lawrence, but not only in his son, Sam Hoiberg, but in, in, in Bryce Williams that are experienced enough and can kind of be that steady hand. Nebraska doesn't win a game like they did against Indiana with Cam Mack. I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I say that is because when things when bleep hit the fan and you allowed a big run in the second half on the road, Nebraska teams crumbled. They did. Yeah. And and now Nebraska's at this point, whether it was with Sam Greasel last year 
or now with Bryce Williams, you just don't have that anymore. And that's how Nebraska is able to punch, but also withstand them and then punch again. Uh, yes, Nebraska has been better in terms of not crumbling, but it hasn't completely it's, dried it hasn't up gone the, away. the poor road performances. And that's right. where the next step for Nebraska, again, I don't want to look forward to the offseason because we're in the middle of a great run, winning four in a row uh, for Nebraska. You see that team gelling. I, again, I think they're starting to peak. Thursday's game will tell a lot. They haven't played really anybody these last four games, so it's hard to say. But again, if they're, according to the numbers, the top 10 team in February, good catch. That, that's a big deal. Nebraska, you know, getting old will next year look like if Nebraska's struggling on the road, Bryce Williams makes sure he's not struggling and mm-hmm. steps up. Or Rink Mass finds a way to navigate a matchup and steps up. Sometimes you're just off, right? Your shot's not falling. But in those road games, Nick, Nebraska hasn't gotten to the free throw line. No. Nearly as much to try to stem some of those runs. So that's where I want to see a Bryce Williams full-on takeover game. Not like, you know, Teddy Allen-style YOLO ball. But, hey, everyone else around me is struggling. Casey can't get free. CJ's off. Rink's had his shot blocked a couple times. He's, he's more a facilitator right now. I have a matchup. I'm going after it. Yeah. I, I'm going to get 30. I'm going to do everything in my power to keep it in this game. I love the fact that Nebraska's wins this year, last year, have been team wins. Mm-hmm. That you, you can point to this guy played well, this guy played well, but you can't forget about these contributions. But I think about the quadruple overtime game against North Carolina State, where Bryce McGowan says, oh, yeah. get on my back. Right? If he makes a free throw earlier, they win that game. But he, he got worn down by the end. Because Nebraska put everything on his shoulders. They cleared it out for him. Sometimes high pick and roll with Derek Walker. Yeah. But Nebraska just in so long hasn't had a superstar just take over a game that everyone else is struggling in. And that to me is the next step. Whether it's, you know, rink against Indiana the first time, but Bryce Williams next year, Casey a couple times down the stretch last year. It might take that in the NCAA tournament. I don't know who steps up in that moment for Nebraska. And I don't know if they can, I mean, they have the chance to answer that question if it gets down to that moment. I don't know if anyone's ready to step into that role this year. Next year, I want to know who the alpha is. I mean, you look at some of the games, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find specific examples that we can go off of, but it's so like, you look at some of these games that Nebraska's in, and, and I heard it earlier when you and Rico and Bach were talking, like, Casey's the leading scorer on here, but you don't necessarily see it, right? Like, you look at this, um, and up until, I mean, so Tominaga led the way in three of the last four, right? Which certainly adds to him potentially being the leading scorer. But you also look at some of these other ones, right? And it's it's been, like, I think a lot of people's answers would be rank mass, and that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But some of the names, C.J. Wilcher, right? Bryce Williams had 25 against Oregon State. Tominaga had 20 against Creighton. Bryce Williams had 18 against Minnesota the first time around. Gary had 20 against Michigan State. Wilcher had back-to-back 16 and 18-point performances. Wilcher then had back-to-back 14 and 22-point performances. Then Tominaga follows it up with 31, and then Gary follows it up with 15. And so, like, there's... Gary's career-high 22. As wild as this sounds, like, there's so much diversity. Like, there's... It's... it's this time, okay, here you go, Kase. Here you go. Go go wild. Mm-hmm. You can have that Indiana game where you, you hit your first, like, four or five from, from the beyond the three-point line. That's great. And drop 20. 
But then guess what? We're going to come back and, and guess who else is going to hit four threes for a career high? Juwan Gary. Mm-hmm. I think if you would have said, okay, what Husker is going to hit four threes after Casey Tominaga's four three performance, who's who's it going to be? Uh, Bryce? Rink? Uh, CJ? Sam, Sam Hoiberg? CJ Wilcher? Rink? Jamarcus? Maybe Josiah Alec from the corner because he loves that. If Eli Rice is back, who knows? Well, how about Juwan Gary? Like, there, there's so many different options. No, Like you said, there's not a single superstar. And I think, once again, going back to one of one of the preseason conversations that you and I had countless times, was that's how this team needs to be. Mm-hmm. This specific team, maybe not the program, but this specific team is going to win games because they're so difficult to prepare for. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why they're so difficult to pre- prepare for is because what we just said. Alec can lead the way with 15 points, but then you can back back that up with a 34 per point performance from Rink Mass. And it's not saying that okay, you can you can take the night off after dropping 30. That's not what it is at all. And I think maybe that's also a next step of like okay, build on that consistency where to where everybody can kind of get in double figures. But I think when you're looking at this and you have the ability for for multiple guys to score not only in double figures, but you're looking at 20 plus. Or, or you can beat a, a t- number one Purdue team with a guy scoring less than twenty. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's be honest with that, right? You want to talk about the balance and, and diversity there versus number one Purdue, a game that you won handily by sixteen points. Your leading scorer had less than twenty. Yeah. So that means multiple guys are in double figures. You're also playing good enough defense. Like they're, yeah, sure, it was at home, but Nebraska has so many ways that you, they can beat teams and. Makes it tough to prepare for, which makes it easier on Nebraska. It absolutely does. So we'll finish this segment with this from Kent. Casey takes so much attention from the defense, it's hard to really know his positive impact. It's hard to measure sometimes, but it's not hard to see. Mm-hmm. You, you can see how Minnesota defended Casey Tomonaga both times out. Yeah. How that helped other people out. You can see how teams well, how have to pay attention down. to him. It, it warps the defense. It legitimately does. The, the, they use a word called gravity. Oh, you know, yeah. when, you, when you talk about great shooters. What Fred Hoiberg does is something that you know plenty of coaches have done before and will continue to do, but I think Fred Hoiberg has made this a staple of his system and is more consistent about it than most college coaches would be willing to be, is not just park your guy in the corner, not just run him off you know, yeah. a screen or two, but Kasei Tominaga, you know, whose reputation as a, a shooter is probably what he came into college as, is used in the pick and roll to some degree. Mm-hmm. They give him the ball on the wing and say, Kasei, go cook. And most importantly... They make him back cut. Yeah. Casey gets so many garbage cheap buckets because people are so worried about denying him the ball outside the paint that he takes a couple hard steps, reverses course, quick layup. And the willingness to do it. Like that's the that's the the biggest key for all these guys is their willingness to do the job. I I think when you look at Casey specifically, perfect example of how he wears guys down, Indiana, right? Trey Galloway was on Mm -hmm. Casey for thirty nine minutes. Trey Galloway played 39 minutes. It was the Nolan Richardson 39 minutes yeah, of hell playing but, from but Nebraska. Here, here's the thing of like, the, then Trey here, I, I just closed out of it. Trey Galloway shot poor from the field. Well, because had six turnovers. Because you're, yeah, had six turnovers. You're not able to use your legs when you're shooting. You're not able to get your feet underneath you. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're tired down the floor. You're holding, you're, you know, your your hands are on your knees when you're waiting for a free throw to go up. It's okay if K-State doesn't lead the team in scoring that game. As long as he's active. Mm-hmm. Then guess what? He's playing his part. I, I, mm-hmm. I just think like that's such a a key piece of it that goes unnoticed. You're not going to be able to see that on the box score. Trey Galloway had I think seven or eight points 
in the game. He averages 11. Like, something as little as that and in, in Big Ten games or in March or in the Big Ten tournament when you're going to have some pretty competitive games, mm-hmm. three points is a lot. And, and and three points under your average is a yeah. lot, right? Because mm-hmm. then it forces a Kalel Ware to step up or it forces Mbako to step up or Xavier Johnson, where are you at? Mm-hmm. Like, in Indiana's case, that is. Yeah. And so, like, k does all that. And k wore Trey Galloway out against Indiana. And here he is, um, and I think you hope to, to hope to hope to have him do that against uh, Ohio State on on Thursday. And there he is, there Jay he Foreman, is. Jay out Foreman. there on fan cam. He's coming in for the crossover. We'll throw it to break. Uh, Eighty-eight fifteen on the text line. With your question here to wrap up the show.